0: What's going on everybody? R.J. Ochoa here from SP Nations blogging boys.com. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you are happy. We hope you are safe. We hope you are healthy. We hope you are satisfied. We hope you are in the Christmas spirit, feeling the Christmas spirit, those Yuletide greetings, all the holly jolliness going all around because the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, our Dallas Cowboys are 9-3 and three following their win on Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. We are here to talk about it. Of course, this is the post game, our official post game show uh, throughout the Blog and the Boys universe. You can watch this show live on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel, the Blog on the Boys Twitch channel, um, on the Blog on the Boys Facebook page. You can also catch the rewatch at those places at your earliest convenience. If you'd like to, you can also listen uh, on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, our podcast network. Uh, we have all sorts of stuff, all sorts of content, Coming around all the time. And make sure to check out bloggingtheboys.com as well. 24 7, 365. That's 366 in a leap year, of course, for the latest and greatest in the world of the Dallas Cowboys, 41 to 35, the final score. I see all of you in the comments, Mata saying that my voice is almost back. We have a lot to get to, obviously. Uh, as the Cowboys pulled this one out, it was definitely stressful, as it was definitely tenuous. Uh, but I do want to start and say one thing. Uh, if you appreciate the things that we have done here at Blogging the Boys, um in a video capacity if you love our youtube channel if you love what we're doing on twitch if you love our facebook things all these streams all these live shows uh our producer our silent producer who has been behind the uh, proverbial glass for many years now uh this is their last show with us Uh, So a big thank you, a big round of applause. We could not have done everything that we have here at Blogging the Boys without our silent producer. I promise you all the things that you have enjoyed could not have happened, definitely would not have happened. Uh, So a big, big, big thank you to our silent producer here at Blogging the Boys. All the best to them moving forward. Um, And uh, we'll see what happens, obviously, without them here uh, as the Cowboys move forward into December. Um, This was very... Very stressful. By the way, Watson Miles says applause for the producer. I kind of like keeping it mysterious and leaving it um, as the producer. Uh Joseph says, hey, RJ, sorry I won't be able to hang tonight. Got to work tomorrow early. Love the win. we got to gear up for Philly though. I'll catch this on Spotify tomorrow, DC for life. By the way, a big thank you, big Jerry Pena Uh, to those of you who have tagged us in your Spotify Wrapped. I'm an Apple music person myself, so I don't get that. Uh, but it means a lot, obviously, for you to share that you listen to us so much and so often. Uh Kevin notes, yeah, ghost producer, we love you. Uh, your uh, your Barmy says, hail to the producer, good luck. Uh, again, we seriously could not have done what we have here. And so my personal thanks, my personal gratitude to our silent ghost producer for everything that has happened here. Um, I want to get obviously to the super chat, so I'll get we'll get there, I promise. But um, kind of opening statement, I think, um, Lit Newport says that was a tough win. Uh, we said, obviously, that I know I said, uh, I don't mean that in a braggadocious way, that the Chargers game was kind of the only, you know, game that the Cowboys had played that was back and forth. Um, Obviously the Niners game, the Cowboys lost, that got away from them from the very beginning. Even the Cardinals game that the Cowboys lost, got away from them. They were chasing that game. And I don't know that that exactly happened in Philadelphia, but that third quarter, things got away from Dallas. They obviously narrowed the gap uh, in the fourth and, and damn near pulled it off at the very end. But this was this was 10 rounds i mean this was all the way this this was you know it it took scraping the bottom of the barrel to kind of pull this one off and and i think all of our hats off Uh, to the seattle seahawks i i think we all i don't want to say i don't think any of us overlooked them they're they're certainly in contention for a playoff spot in the nfc and we've talked about here on on our network throughout our universe uh, about how significant this game was significant the win would have and now is for the cowboys because it gives them so much cushion in the nfc wildcard race if they do not wind up winning the nfc east which if we're being matter of fact is a an improbable thing to kind of think to be possible at this point in time. So the fact that Dallas now has this just mathematical, numerical, you know, cushion, and that they have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Seahawks specifically, if that comes into play, is obviously a big thing. I also agree with Casey Cooper. They get a nice 10-day rest after this. Great way to enter the mini-buy. It was never, ever, ever going to be 45 to 10, 49 to 10, you know, every single week. And we all knew that. And I know that we all know that anybody who talks about the, you know, the not being able to beat a team above 500 stuff is utter crap. But I also know that all of us were panicked that that was going to be a really large talking point uh, tomorrow and throughout the weekend. Um, And the Cowboys, to their credit, dug deep and found a way. And that there are a lot of things that the Cowboys have done this season that I believe, and that I hope you agree uh, are hallmark qualities of elite teams. They have kicked the crap out of bad teams. They have defended home field. They have been consistent. They have developed, they have improved offensively and defensively. And tonight they did something different. They, they, I don't want to say they stole a game. They won a game they shouldn't have won. I think that might have been the case had they been able to pull it off at the end of things in Philadelphia, but they went the distance. They took somebody's best shot, and they survived, Uh, and that really um, is a a big thing and a big indication that they have a lot of resolve. Daniel says on the YouTube side of things, this is how Eagles fans have felt all year. I know that we are all incredibly annoyed with the Eagles, and I know that we all uh, probably feel and share a lot of feelings that there's a – call it luck or whatever you want associated with the eagles and all the wins they're having but i think even the biggest eagles hater and i know that that person is probably among us would admit that philadelphia has a propensity and ability to pull off the, the the one thing that they need at the one particular moment in time and the cowboys tonight thursday night did that the offense never quit and if you do not agree that dak prescott absolutely belongs in the MVP conversation. I have no idea what you're paying attention to, what you're watching. Dak Prescott is firmly, firmly in the MVP conversation. He's literally firmly on the Amazon set right behind you on the television in my office. If you're curious, uh, as of this moment in time, so we're doing this at 11 p.m. Central Time on the final day of November, Jalen Hurts leads the odds at plus 150. Patrick Mahomes right behind him at plus 350. Lamar Jackson, plus 450. Dak Prescott now as high as plus plus 475. Uh, you know, Dak, that, that means if you're not into this, Dak Prescott has the fourth best odds to win MVP. And obviously the the you know. Closer you get to minus numbers, the the more positively favored you are by odds makers. I know that's an awkward way to say that. Dak Prescott was plus 700, plus 800, plus 850, plus 900, plus 1,000 just one, two, three days ago. Dak Prescott was plus 3,500 to win MVP just entering the Carolina Panthers game. I wrote an article at our site about how this was such a great bet to make. And, of course, it led to all the comments and people, Dak sucks, stinking Dak, can't do it, can't beat a good team, can't live up to a big moment, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you are into betting, Dak Prescott just had a phenomenal game. Dak Prescott was just the thing that propelled and carried the entire Dallas Cowboys team in a game where his defense completely and totally absolutely let him down. And he did it on primetime national, not television, obviously, because this is Amazon, but I mean, did it on, on a very large stage. We are going to hear on Friday, how this was like the biggest game ever in Amazon's brief history doing NFL games. And that, that many people saw that from Dak Prescott, his odds are only going to rise. So if you do want to bet on Dak Prescott winning MVP, I hope you took the odds when I advised you when he was at plus 3,500. The Rander X2 says, good night, RJ. Thank you for all you do. I'll catch up in the morning go Cowboys. I understand it's a, po- a popular sentiment among a lot of you. It's a late night, obviously. Uh, for those of us here burning the midnight oil, we're obviously going to be talking about this for a little bit. Jimbo Slice says, you care more about Dak's success than Cowboys' success. No, Jimbo, um, what I care about is I take my job and my responsibility here, having a bit of a platform to talk about the Cowboys. I take it very seriously. And I try my very best to make sure I'm as educated, as informed, as knowledgeable on things as possible so that when we have conversations like this, I'm not you know, making stuff up. And the reality here is that Dak Prescott is playing the quarterback position at a higher level than anybody else in the NFL right now. So it is my job to tell you the facts, and those are the facts. So Jimbo Slice, I apologize that you disagree with them, but uh, that's the way that things go. A, you know, says, I've been super critical of Dak in the past, but he got it done tonight. Kudos. Well done, A, you know. Always respectable when people can eat uh, a slice of humble pie. Um, I want to get to the super chats because we have my stock report to get to as well. But before I do, Anthony says, Dak is on an absolute heater. Mike with some wildly questionable decisions tonight, though. I don't have Mike McCarthy on um, my stock report, I do have Dan Quinn. I will let you guess where, uh, but a lot of people, and this might've been what you're talking about. A lot of people had an issue with Mike McCarthy going for it on fourth down, uh, when, when a field goal would have taken the lead. I'm totally fine with that. And I'm, I'm totally fine with it in general. Like that's just a general, you know, philosophy that I'm cool with be aggressive. I mean, you know, we're not here to punt, no pun intended, but at that moment in time, the Cowboys could not stop the Seahawks at that moment in time, they could not get a single stop on defense. And Mike knew that and Mike knew they had to score and they failed. CD lamb had a very uncharacteristic rare drop. Um, and, It worked out. I mean, the fact that it worked out doesn't mean the logic uh, was sound. The logic was sound because the logic is sound. Um, And Anthony says, I don't like not going for two and the play call at the end not burning the clock. I'm certainly with you on debating the clock but again all these things lean in an aggressive direction except for the not going for two thing that's kind of keeping things within range but there was still so much time left when the cowboys didn't go for two so i kind of under, understand it but i'm with you as well i did definitely in the back of my mind say hey maybe you decide uh you know to go for two in this instance uh danny says uh on the book of faces cowboys are the only team that has to apologize for a win preach danny we win analysts push the goalposts and say they have questions doesn't every team have questions that is very 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 true AU you know, says my Mike has to be on the stock down tonight. Go for the points at home, and also on run the ball in the last two minutes. Again, I'm I'm fine with being aggressive in terms of going for. He's trying to end the game. I mean, that, when the ball's in your hands, you can end the game. And Mike McCarthy was trying to do that, and I respect that. I I would rather live on this side of the spectrum with these things that we're debating than the opposite side of the spectrum and have our head coach, our play caller, be way too conservative. Uh, that would be the worst possible case scenario um all right let's get to the super chats because i've left them long enough i hope i'm getting all of them garrett thank you for the super chats as if philly was a moral victory then this was a moral loss i will take the win but i'm not happy cowboys let the hawks hang on too long and let geno smith channel his inner aaron Rodgers. it's funny you bring this up garrett um my co-host on the nfc's mixtape which is a show here at blog on the boys brandon lee gowden who i do a different show with on fridays called uh, tgf football uh brandon actually coined the term moral loss um and what brandon's definition of that is uh everybody's familiar with a moral win when you lose but you play really well right you know you feel really good about yourself it's a moral victory Uh, a moral loss is the inverse the exact inverse kind of what garrett's describing in his comment you get the win uh, but you can also kind of learn the lesson that you would normally learn with a loss again the opposite of a moral victory i'm kind of with you there but i think there are definitely positive things to take away there are definitely you know Moral loss vibes or whatever you can extract from this. Uh, but the fact that the Cowboys defense was able to put their foot in the ground after they were just getting walked all over uh, is really an impressive thing. The fact that Deron Bland was able to turn things around after just a horrible first half uh, is an impressive thing. I mean, again, the fact that the Cowboys were able to say, all right, enough. You know what I mean? Enough with all this crap we have decided that we are no longer going to be that bad and that they were able to turn things around and improve mid game is a testament to their coaching is a testament to obviously the talent on the team um so you can certainly take away things in a positive and negative sense i'm with you paul thank you for the super chat says offense up defense and discipline down coming down from the earlier's depression post show energy helped still embarrassed um you know another former co-host of mine, a great friend of mine, Rob Stats Carrera. He likes to say a win is a win is a win is a win. Uh, I think that that's a popular expression, but I had never heard anyone say it. Well, any, never heard anyone say it until he did. Um, obviously, nobody's going to apologize. No, no Cowboys fan is sitting here saying, "Oh, I, I wish we had lost." Um, but there are definitely things to learn, and the reality of. The point in time the Cowboys read is that it's going to get tougher the reality and this has nothing to do with the above 500 below 500 blah 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 stupid crap but the reality is the Seahawks are one of the better teams the Cowboys have faced and as a lot of people pointed out in in my Twitter mentions and all over the place they were a very desperate team I mean give Seattle a hell hell of a lot of credit I mean I don't know at this point in time because it's so recent with the game being over but Geno Smith had to have had the most absurd EPA per play in this game I cannot wait to look at Geno Smith's passing chart I mean Geno Smith balled out of his absolute mind this this, there were a lot of mistakes that the cowboys made and i'm totally with you all on that but we have to give credit to this team who the cowboys just be and we have to feel good about that this was a really good team who the cowboys absorbed every single punch from and lived to tell the tale Um, so yes, some of the things that happened to the Cowboys were self-inflicted wounds, but some of them were also just a reality of the team that they were playing up against. Um, all right. So, um, Victor says, what is going on with the defense? I think that that probably takes us, uh, by the way, I also agree with Mason says, well, they talk about the Seahawks being a 500 team. Now that Dallas beat them, the talk shows need their content. The Seahawks are now a 500 team. In case you're unaware of that, Mason, they are six and six. So I would imagine that nobody is going to give them credit. Uh, for beating an above 500 team, despite the fact that they were when Dallas beat them. But Victor says, what is going on with the defense? Um, First stock down for me, and we normally don't start with stock downs, but how can you not? Dan Quinn. All right. I love Dan Quinn as much as all of you. All right. I love Dan Quinn, but I get kind of sick of, you know, Dan Quinn getting nothing but praise. Nobody wants to come for Dan Quinn when the Cowboys defense is awful. Cowboys defense got worked against Arizona. Cowboys defense got worked, obviously, against the 49ers. Didn't really get worked against the, the Eagles, but the Eagles had 100 percent conversion rate in terms of touchdowns in the red zone. And the Seahawks were having that same sort of success. So maybe Dan Quinn is not the dude who walks on water the way a lot of Cowboys fans, at least on Twitter, like to act like he is. Dan Quinn had a horrible game plan for his former team. And to be fair, again, to the overall point, the Seahawks not only have a quarterback who can make lemonade out of the situation he's in in Geno Smith, but the situation isn't even that terrible. It's not terrible at all. He's got DK Metcalf, who was a monster on Thursday night. He's got Tyler Lockett. He's got Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I know a lot of us wanted to see the Cowboys draft and was amazing in the limited action he saw in this game. I mean, Will Disley, like everybody on the Seahawks offense lived up to obviously who they are, their draft stock, their pedigree, et cetera, et cetera. But still, Dan Quinn just had no answer. Dan Quinn was flummoxed. Dan Quinn got absolutely worked by Shane Waldron, who a lot of people don't even think that highly of. I mean, that's a weird thing. That's one of the weirder details uh, to this whole overall thing because – this was um a weird, weird night for Dan Quinn to kind of come back down to earth given that the Seahawks offense had been so absent as of late. Uh, Brian, everybody follow Brian on TikTok at Talk Cowboys to stock down the chest paint this defense caused me. Gabino says, please add Jordan Lewis to a stock up. He had those two key stops on third down. Jordan Lewis had an amazing fourth quarter. There's no doubt about it. And I know a lot of people have picked on Jordan Lewis this season. I was actually wondering if he was kind of talking trash to JSN, like, oh, like, hey, so how those Buckeyes guys doing i was thinking like if i was if i was jordan lewis i would absolutely be talking that trash uh, but either way it, you know it might it might have worked um, jordan lewis lived and walk tall at the very end. He did not make my stock report, though. Apologies. Hey, you know, thank you for the um, the birthday wishes, the belated ones for my son. Turned two years old last Friday. He's the greatest gift my wife and I have ever gotten in our lives. Uh, he had a wonderful day, uh, so thank you very much for that. All right, let's get back to more of your comments. Jimbo Slice, uh, dude, Jimbo, let go of this. All right, Dak is an MVP candidate, Jimbo. Whether you are cool with that or not, it's reality and you are going to be forced to live in it one way or another. Uh, All right. Let's see here. Casey Cooper offers a super chat. Thank you, Casey. There is no doubt that at Dak at the level or that Dak is playing at an elite level, but I'm tired of defending him to my decorator friends. Uh, Like it or not, casual Cowboys fans track success based on playoff wins. Look, I am mostly grateful for the attention that the cowboys receive it helps me you know it helps all of us do this right i mean that's just the reality of it um and because of that the Cowboys are not evaluated fairly. And I don't think it's fair for us to whine or complain about that because we reap the benefits of them being America's team, right? All sorts of things like that. Um, but you have to understand, you have to put that kind of handicap on conversations you have with people. They're not going to evaluate the Cowboys fairly. Anything you bring up, any objective point of data, any evidence-based point, they're going to say, oh, yeah, they're going to lose in the playoffs like they always do. Oh, yeah, like when are they are going to win a big game? Oh, yeah, they haven't won the Super Bowl forever. Like, yeah, I mean, duh, like all of that is true. Like, we all know that. Nobody hides from that. Nobody disputes that. They You know, when the Chiefs began their run of success that they're on, nobody was like, oh, well, you know what? They haven't won the Super Bowl since 1969. What a bunch of losers. Nobody talks about the fact that the San Francisco 49ers have a longer Super Bowl drought than the Dallas Cowboys, but that's just the name of the game, Casey. So I'm sorry that you have some Dak haters friends. Maybe you need to meet some more people. we got a lively chat going on here, people who kind of see the light the way that you do, uh, but tell your friends to eat it because Dak Prescott was marvelous on thursday night little buddy 81 thinking about the super chat. Says this win keeps the pressure on philly huge win today wasn't pretty but got the job done not something we can always say as cowboys fans this team just seems different let's go boys on to philly i think that Se- uh, seahawks i think eagles fans are probably feeling little buddy 81 the exact same way that we probably felt after the bills lost in philadelphia we just you know the you know the jesse pinkman you can't keep getting away with this thing except the cowboys haven't been getting away with this for that long um you know they haven't been winning like this forever uh so, yeah, now we get to sit back, relax, and hope the Niners, which is a gross thing to say, beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. And I tell you what, I was talking to Mookie Alexander, who is the me at SB Nation that runs our Seattle Seahawks site field goals. Uh, Mookie hit me up in our Slack channel and was like – and these are Mookie's exact words. I'll read them to you right now. Mookie, sorry if you're listening. I don't mean to you know, dox you or anything like that. Uh, I'm, I'm certain he'll be fine with this. But Mookie sent me a chat and said, that game gave me confidence we can beat the Eagles, talking about the Seahawks. And I'm totally with Mookie. I think – uh, maybe all of us probably thought that there was no way that Philadelphia was going to lose in Seattle. I tell you what, if these Seahawks show up in the game that got flexed to Monday Night Football earlier today, that could totally be a loss for Philadelphia. And we talked in the past about how significant the Buffalo game was for Philadelphia because had the Bills beaten them, the Cowboys have yet to play Buffalo themselves. So that could have been a common game that Dallas got over Philadelphia. Well, Dallas has already beaten Seattle. If the Seahawks managed to defend home turf, Lumen Field, whatever it's called these days, against the Eagles. Dallas has that common game tiebreaker against the Eagles. So I'm totally with you. Uh, we're definitely rooting against the Eagles on Sunday and obviously forever. But if the Seahawks managed to help us out, that would be a wonderful thing. Kenneth says, RJ, will the rest of the schedule be like this? Probably not like this. I generally don't put a ton of stock into this, um, but the Cowboys have played a lot of games in a condensed amount of time. Obviously, they have gone Sunday to Thursday to Thursday. It's a very difficult thing. I know that it's coming off of the same amount of time Thursday to Thursday, but they did not, and this happens most years, they did not get the relaxation or a mini-buy after their short week the way that most NFL teams do. After Thanksgiving, the Cowboys don't get to say, you know, we get a mini-buy. No, they have to be back at work because they have a game seven days later. So I don't know that it will always be like this, but you should be prepared for more stressful games. Ultra Cowboy says, Bland is 2021 one digs growing pains a lot of you were talking about deron bland in the chat I hate to do it i really do stock down deron bland now you had the interception and so i'm not going to act like it was a purely completely totally bad game for deron bland but it would be disingenuous of us to say well he had an interception so he's no longer on the stock down list deron bland got worked i mean this was rough and obviously um you know uh <laughs> DK Metcalf is not an easy receiver to cover. Uh, but it was a really, really, really tough scene for Deron Bland, especially on the day um, that he had, you know, been announced as the NFC Defensive Player of the Month for November. An honor that was and still is deserving. Uh, but um, it was it was a rough, rough scene. Uh, logo, <coughs> excuse me, says the whole secondary got burned. I would offer that. Stephon Gilmore didn't get burnt. Maybe got slightly, you know, just crisped. Uh, but Jerome Bland uh, got worked. Jordan Lewis, again, held on at the very end. But I might as well do this now. Donovan Wilson uh, did not have a great game for the Cowboys. Uh, it was a really... Really, really, really bad night for the Cowboys secondary. This is a great point from Anthony, by the way. He says Lockett dropped one too. That could have been another deep touchdown on Bland in the second half. That was near the end of the game when the Cowboys defense was getting those fourth down stops. Tyler Lockett had one. He dropped it. That was just luck that worked out for the Cowboys, to be quite honest with you. Again, nobody is um, you know, gonna be mad about that. But uh rough, rough, rough scene. I guess we'll round out um, our stock downs. We ha- I have five stock ups, five stock downs. We've already talked in, Quinn, we've talked around Bland. talk donovan wilson obviously stock down dante fowler dude what are you doing i mean what's what's going on here like what's up with these offsides like i mean how can you i mean what i mean like i really don't have much more to say but that was a a tough tough scene as well and stock down marquise bell i mean the cowboys it wasn't just that the secondary was getting worked they couldn't stop the seahawks ground game in the second half i mean we all came out obviously of halftime and we thought you know what it's Maybe they'll get it together, and they didn't. I mean, and and to all of your point, you're all saying in the chat non-stop penalties, penalties, penalty, penalties. That's obviously why Dante is here, and and easy penalties, right? Like I'm I'm not fine with, but if you get called for uh, pass interference or something like that, we can kind of defend you, right? We can examine that. We can say like, even the Stefan Gilmore, you know, PI call or illegal contact, whatever it was at this point in time, it it all escapes me. But the Stefan Gilmore call, I think that was a penalty. I'm fine admitting that, but I'm also fine having an argument. If you were like, you know what, that was really loose. You know, that was barely anything. I wouldn't have called that. That's at least somewhat subjective, right? Like we can kind of like debate that. Uh, but lining up off sides, what are you doing, dude? Like you cannot do that in any way, shape, or form. Um, just a um, tough, tough day. Uh, David says the refs called the PI pretty consistent. I don't think the refs. I know a lot of people walk away uh, from games and say like the refs dropped to get the Cowboys. I don't feel that way at all usually, um, and I don't feel that way now. Um, but I don't. I don't who, who enjoys this, who enjoys watching all these penalties. It isn't enjoyable. Nobody likes this. No. I mean, and I understand that if a penalty is happening, you have to call it, but nobody enjoys watching football when penalties are happening left and right. Uh, think tank gallery says RJ, did it feel like Tony Pollard was running harder tonight or was it just me? I don't know that I quite feel that way. Um, I'm, I i do not have Tony Pollard. I thought about making Tony Pollard a stock down. He had the, um, the touchdown, obviously that was great and helped put the game away at the very end. Um, I think I saw a question a little while ago in the chat um, that said, um, what was it? That Michael Gallup should be a stock down. The thing about the stock report is we're, we're evaluating their stock relative to what it was. And I don't think that anybody um, had Tony Pollard in high esteem, right? Like, I don't think anybody, you know, five hours ago was like, oh, Tony Pollard's great. Tony Pollard's having a great season. Um, and because of that, is his stock really down? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you think the same, um, that you did about Tony Pollard five hours ago. And I think the same is true for Michael Gallup. Again, the stock is, is relative, um, to context. And so, yeah, um, Tony Pollard, not his best game, not horrible. Uh, but, uh, by the way, Tim noted that this was a great point. Tony had the drop in the end zone, uh, hit him right in the face. I mean, dude, uh, what, what more can you ask of your quarterback than to just hit you right in the face? Uh, Adam says, Tony Pollard is a year long stock down. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that. Thank you once again, Brian, for the super chat says refs weren't the issue. Sloppy p- uh, play was legit. All right. Uh, Walter, by the way, says Dan Quinn's defense did not look prepared tonight. He needs to address this. Great to see a lot of people catching up on holding Dan Quinn accountable. All right. I have five stock ups as mentioned. How else can we start this other than talking about Rain, Dakota, Prescott? Uh, I know that this will bother Jimbo Slice very much, uh, but Dak is is playing the position better than anybody else right now. That's just the reality of the situation. Jonathan, uh, with a great comment on the YouTube side, Says Dak is proving all haters wrong this year from accuracy to interceptions. Dude is a beast. Dak Prescott finished this game 29 of 41, 299 yards, three touchdowns, was sacked four times, um, also had seven carries for 22 yards. Um, And not just, like, seven carries, but, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, seven – gritty carries like seven rough carries, seven like get your hands dirty carries I mean this was very actually reminiscent of the first playoff win that Dak ever had in his career against the Seattle Seahawks when he had obviously the incredible rushing touchdown that we all remember Tim says on the book of faces Dak ran for his life all night and still balled I mean he was amazing like I mean he was I mean, like I would I would I'll ask you like name the thing. And if you're with us in the chat live, name the thing on the Dallas Cowboys that you trust more than Dak Prescott right now. I I'm, I would ask you to offer serious answers, please. Uh, as lonely cat man, thank you for the super Is How are we going to sleep with all this adrenaline? I won't count sheep. I'll count Dak to CD. Um, CD might be the thing that you trust, you know, more than Dak Prescott. But that's obviously an extension of Dak. Uh, a lot of you said Brandon Aubrey. That's fair. Uh, only, though, if we're talking about extra points. Um, look, I, like a lot of you, have believed in Dak Prescott for a long time. But this is this is the highest level of operation that I think we've ever seen from him in a total package sense. I saw uh, my friend Yuma Cactus in the chat a little while ago. And, and, and Bill Yuma had a great comment um, uh, the other day on Twitter with me. Um, what made 2014 Tony Romo so special was it felt like um, if you're a younger Cowboy fan and you didn't experience that season, but it felt like like Tony Romo finally understood the mental part of the game. It, it felt like he was finally intellectually on a level that nobody could compete with and contend with. And unfortunately, he was just at a point where physically his body wasn't there anymore. And obviously, he had the injury that cost him a game that season, and then obviously 12 more the following season, and then in the preseason the following year. And it feels like Dak Prescott is in that same place, but just with the physical strength and physical body to to live up to what his his mind is capable of. Um, <clears throat> and so we're seeing it all like th- this. This is quarter. I know that this bothers a lot of people and I'm sorry, but it's the truth and you have to deal with it. We are seeing elite quarterback play in every facet. I mean, everything that he's doing, the command that he has at the line of scrimmage, the understanding, the diagnosing of defenses, the ability to kind of manipulate things with his eyes and his bodies and his movements and his cadence. And there have been all sorts of amazing breakdowns about this. I know Chase Daniel tweeted one out <coughs> excuse me, earlier on Thursday. Um, we are seeing the highest play at the Dallas Cowboys quarterback position that we have seen in a very, very, very long time. Brandon says he's playing like our boogeyman that played in Green Bay. He is. And I know that it is not a popular thing to say, and I have full residency on this hill, as you all know if you watch and listen to me, but what do those two dudes have in common? What do current-day Dak Prescott and boogeyman Aaron Rodgers, for the most part, have in common? Mike McCarthy as an offensive play caller. I am not going to sit here. And as I say that, Jasmine says in the chat, we can all trust that Mike McCarthy will mess up the time management. I don't know what Mike McCarthy has to do to get any kind of credit. I think for the most part, we can all agree that Dak Prescott, who is a stock up, as you can see, is playing at an MVP level. And we're not willing to give 1%, one crumb, you know, of, of, of this whole thing to Mike McCarthy. We're not willing to sit here and say, you know what? Mike McCarthy made Aaron Rodgers look really good. Obviously Aaron Rodgers is really good, but Mike McCarthy was a part of that. And Mike McCarthy is a part of this. Maybe just maybe Mike is somehow part of the overall results. I it's, it's amazing to me um, how Mike McCarthy can't get anything here. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten thinker for the super chats is why San Francisco, Philly dealt to three and we gave up 40. Are we on a level? Um, I'm sorry, Keith. I don't totally understand the question. Um, but, um, Again, I'm having a tough time understanding the point there. I'll I'll look back for another comment, obviously, uh, from you. Kevin says, Dak is doing everything perfect except the red zone right now. They were. I mean, the Cowboys were awesome in the red zone before tonight. They had two at daisies obviously, and that's a a tough, tough situation. D-Day 2 notes uh, Dak leading the NFL at 26 touchdowns. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Moving on. uh, Devin says, Mike's making good calls, but Dak's out there making insanely tight window throws. We can give credit to both of them. Right, we we can we can give credit to Dak and credit to Michael McCarr that doesn't just have to be one. Keith, thank you for the super chat again. It says why did San Francisco? Okay, I understand your point now. Why did San Francisco hold Seattle to three? It was thirteen, and we give up forty. It was also not forty. Uh, I don't care how we looked against sorry teams. I'm comparing us to the best. I want to beat San Francisco. I mean, to that point, why? I mean, you could play this game all day, Keith. Why did the Eagles lose to the Jets and the Cowboys blew them out, right? Like, why did the Eagles barely hang with the Patriots and the Cowboys blew them out? Why did the Eagles barely hang with the Rams and the Cowboys blew them out? Why did the Eagles barely hang with the Commanders twice and the Cowboys blew them out, right? Like, why, why are we only applying this conversation one way? Why did the 49ers lose to the Browns and nobody cared? Nobody talks about that as a horrible, you know, sort of thing. Uh, it's it's just a one you know, way level of analysis. Why the Cowboys, you know, to make the argument about the Cowboys sucking, we can diffuse these things all day long. Maybe I'll knock them out the park. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. I'm living. We're thriving. It's Thursday, November 30th, and the Dallas Cowboys are nine and three. Watsamata says, agree that San Francisco is the thing, but we can't get to them for another six games. We got to play who is in front of us. That is very, very well set. Uh, Michigan says, this is a finesse team that needs the pass offense to dominate in order to win games and playoff games. I agree. And Desquatch says Dak's throws tonight were insane. Agree with that as well. This this was a, um, a playoff game. Uh, by the way, I see a tweet from somebody, uh, Jorge Fuentes. I don't know if you're here, Jorge. Uh, says, hello, I'm a longtime Cowboys fan and a recovering Dak hater. I admit my mistakes. I love to see it. Respect on people who can admit their mistakes. That's awesome. Um, this was a a playoff game in that it was tight. It was stressful. It went down to the wire. It went the full 10 rounds again, whatever analogy you want to apply. Um, and so I think that you should take a lot of positives away from this. You can definitely take things to build on. Uh, but this, this was a test and the Cowboys ultimately passed uh tim lowe says the eagles barely won most of their games but they won't get the same criticism that's totally true i mean and again we can sit here and be annoyed about this or we can just accept facts we can hold on to one another and make it through uh let's see here brandon says mccarthy and a-rod would have won super bowls but the defense in green bay outside of a few years were suspect well said uh ryan i think it's ryan ryan 93, yes, says that the goalpost move and the narrative changed dallas came back and found a way to win a game three three games in 12 days i'll take it yeah i mean like that, that is the verbiage, right? Like, oh, Team X found a way to win. Team, you know, quarterback X, he's just a winner. He finds a way. Okay, so are we going to apply that same kind of narrative to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. No, we're not because that would be logical. John Matthews says Jake Ferguson is a grown man. Uh Lynn, thank you, Lynn. Lynn is the best. Everybody follow Lynn everywhere. Lynn, drop your handles, please. He says RJ football is fun. That is very well said, Lynn, I love you. Uh all right, let's get to some more stock ups. Uh, by the way, Angelo says I look, I want to give Dak Prescott all the credit in the world, believe me. But I agree with Angelo. Mike McCarthy is the reason Dak has jumped to the next level this season. Dak Prescott has been a very good, sometimes elite quarterback over the course of his previous seven years in the NFL. But Mike McCarthy is the Nas. This is Fast and the Furious. And Mike McCarthy has sent this thing to a different dimension. And Nobody wants to give my man any credit for it. It's a damn shame. All right. Um, uh, Michelle, by the way, last one, then we'll get to more stock ups says Dak is the best quarterback in the league right now in a game like tonight. will lose some MVP votes. I disagree, Michelle, um, because he is higher in MVP odds. Uh, but yeah, Jalen hurts plays horrible against Buffalo and gets faulted to the MVP favorite. Make it make sense. Um, if I have to make sense and I know we have some Eagles fans who listen to here, the Eagles are, um, Like, I don't want to act like NFL media only favors one team, but NFL media loves the Eagles. Like, you know, the Eagles, they have their, like, you know, the Philly stuff, and obviously it's a a rabid sports town. And so, like, people are so hungry for that story to exist. But, you know, when the Cowboys lose and lose in – chaotic style it sells and so people want that to happen those that's just kind of the way it goes little buddy 81 thank you once again for the super chat says poorly played game by defense offense bailed them out uh good teams win poorly played games something the cowboys haven't done in some time a win is a win not going to be perfect every week way to grind again completely agreed with you i am not pumped i am not happy i am not proud of the fact that the cowboys barely pulled this one off by the hair on their chinny chin chin but they pulled it off nonetheless and these are games you have to win if the cowboys are going to be able to steal the nfc east if the cowboys are going to be able to steal the top sit in the nfc those are both at present moment in time highly improbable things but if those things are going to happen you have to win these games you have to that's the reality you you are never there is not a single nfl team that is going to win all 17 games and just kick ass all 17 games that will not happen you're human you have off moments you're tired you're exhausted it's your second thursday game in a row the other team is is really desperate for a win excuse me i'm still battling a little bit of this cough and whatever it is anyway you have all these circumstances that are kind of hovering and living and existing in the Ether. So yeah, you take the wins, and the Eagles of 2023 are a great example of that, right? Like we're all super annoyed about that, but they've won all the games. Like they've won 10 of their 11 games, and that's ultimately what matters the most. I think we all agree objectively that the Cowboys are potentially a better team than the Eagles, but guess what? The Eagles have the wins to show for it. They have the wins on their resume. You can't take them away. And so if you can win, nobody's gonna apologize for that. Um, so uh well said, little buddy. Uh I know we had another super chat. Keith, thank you again. Says, uh, I don't care what San Francisco does against Cleveland. Keith, I love you. I don't care what they do against us. Shut Seattle down like San Francisco did. One touchdown Seattle had was a pick six. I want our team to shut teams down like they do. Hold us to a higher standard. Keith, I really appreciate the super chats. um, But, like, if you want the Cowboys to just, like, win every game 40 to nothing, like, you got to adjust for reality. Like, this is not manchester city in the premier league uh this is not you know the kind of uh vintage golden state warriors dynasty like this is not going to happen this is the the league uh, on earth filled with the most parody that there is this is not you know joey chestnut and on the fourth of july eating hot dogs right like there is going to be tough games and sometimes some teams are going to beat teams one way and then other teams are going to beat them another so again seriously, thank you so much for the super chat, but you got to let this go. I mean, it's great for San Francisco that they beat Seattle, you know, a little bit more soundly a week ago, but if next week when the Seahawks play the Niners again, if the Seahawks win this game, are you going to come in here and be like, you know what, man, the Seahawks beat the Niners and the Cowboys beat the Seahawks. So clearly the Cowboys are a better team. Like you just got to take this thing one week at a time and live and understand that it is an ever-changing, ever-moving vessel of Weird. That's the NFL. Uh, Keith, thank you again for the super chats. And when we have been healthy, all blowouts, that's my standard is for us. Keith, if your point is that you want the Cowboys to win every game in blowout fashion, we all agree with you, my friend. Uh, okay. Let's keep going here. Uh, Lonely Catman As we got five games to get better. That's well said. Uh, let's get back to stock up. We've only done one so far and it is Dak Prescott. I appreciate those of you who are here. Obviously it's late. Uh, so if you have work or school or something, duties, responsibilities in the morning, um, that's what coffee's for. Anyway, uh, stock up CD lamb, dude, what I mean, this dude is on another level. Uh, now, I mean, had a bit of a quiet game last week from a statistical production standpoint. Uh, I, I say that even though he had a touchdown, uh, but CD Lamb was in his bag 17 targets. CD Lamb was targeted 17 times on Thursday night. It is so clear the offense runs through him. I mean, the we I know we love the straw that stirs the drink thing, um, because of Stephen Jones. The straw is CD Lamb, the drink. Is CD Lamb. The cup, the Stanley Cup or the Yeti or the Koozie or whatever you're using to hold your your drink, is CD Lamb. He is everything and more. Uh, I'm gonna steal a line from Danny Phantom, uh, who's one of our BTBers. This is a heavy thing to put on CD. He might be the the most talented player to wear that number and I say that with great respect obviously for Drew Pearson and Michael Irvin and Des Bryant they were incredibly hardworking. they were obviously able to accomplish some impressive things but CD might have the most talent and and might be in a position to utilize that talent in a different way he has a quarterback and a play caller who are willing to lean into that talent and 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 press on that talent and and just be aggressive with that talent i know he had the drop on fourth down so who cares but i mean he had 17 targets in the jet sweep as you all noted in the chat he had 12 receptions a buck 16 he had the touchdown he was the most dominant force on the offense (coughs) obviously not counting dak prescott what an amazing amazing performance from cd lamb um adam says cd looked i think you're saying like bad like really good you know bad um Ryan says, CD is a wide receiver one. Let's move on. Uh, that's a great point. He's going to get so paid. I mean, he's he's going to get stupid paid. I mean, think about it. The players who the Cowboys have to pay, and we've been talking about this forever, and I don't mean to take this in that direction. Cowboys are going to have to pay CD Lamb, they're going to have to pay Micah Parsons, and they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. It is very possible. I'm, I'm talking like over 50, it's, it's at least 51% likely. I'm willing to say it's, it's more likely than not that this time in what may um not this time but come may uh come what may whatever uh that the cowboys will have the highest paid quarterback in nfl history the highest paid wide receiver in nfl history and the highest paid pass rusher in nfl history all on the same team um that is like that's within play at this point in time because of the seasons that Dak prescott cd lamb uh, and Micah Parsons are having. I mean, Micah Parsons is Micah Parsons. So you got to pay him all that money no matter what. Uh, it's incredible. Um, just what an amazing performance from CD Land. Uh, but let's move on. A lot of you wanted to give him some love, so we will do so. Stock up. And I'm not doing this just because you said, but, you know, I want to give love to y'all's guy. My guy now was slower to get here than a lot of people, but I'm here now. Let's start the party. Jake Ferguson. This is more... Look, I've said it before, and I just want to offer it again. It wasn't that I didn't believe. But sometimes I think that people confuse their beliefs with their wants. People will say, "I believe this is going to happen," and it's really just saying something they want to happen. I think that that happened with Jake Ferguson, and it happened to work out. Um, so I'm not trying to be a hater, or a reverse hater, uh, because Jake Ferguson is the real deal. Like he, he is the. I don't know at this point in time where he would rank among NFL tight ends, but he's definitely like a. I mean, he's he's not Travis Kelsey or George Kettle, right? Like we're, we're, you know, there's some obvious ones that we're not kind of putting him with. He's like a top top five tight end. He's the fifth best tight end in the NFL. <coughs> Promise I'm gonna drink some tea after this. It's all gonna work out, but a lot of you refer to him as a security blanket. Uh, that's really what he is. And a a badass. I mean, that would probably be the the way I would describe it. Just this kind of, you know, Travis Kelsey has a physical kind of quality to his game um but i think well, we don't like george kittle for obvious reasons rather right? like cowboys Niners, whatever but what i love about george kittle is like he just looks like this i mean just ball of energy when he's when he's moving when he's grooving when george kittle is on he's impossible to stop he's like sonic when you pick up the like you know thing um and that's jake ferguson i mean like he is tough and he he, he wants to be right in the middle of the fight and to have that dude as your security blanket is just a really 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 uh really great thing uh kelsey says stock up fergie talking back that's what i'm talking about like he's got an attitude like you know what i mean like he's 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 the you know that's the dude i want with me i mean like ferguson is awesome um he is um uh let's see here adam says rj he is little 82 just admit it adam i actually tweeted um during the preseason last year jake ferguson was a rookie um, if any of you have seen the movie Troy, fantastic movie, uh, great, you know, kind of uh, history lesson or, you know, whatever on Greek mythology, the city of Troy. Uh, there's a scene uh, where somebody tells Brad Pitt, who plays Achilles, um, uh, about he's talking. about It's a long story. But anyway, the, the, in the in the line, he says he looked like you. He even moved like you. And I tweeted that out and I was talking about Jake Ferguson and Jason Witten. Yeah, like he is. I, I, I would disagree that he is not Jason Witten because as amazing as Jason Witten was for the Cowboys um, and it was cool to see him and his, his success, obviously in, in his high school team um, and see that package that Amazon had, obviously we're all rooting for Witten's team. He's different. I mean, like as great as Witten was, um, Jake is, is, is more willing to scrap. I mean, you know, like that's, there's a different, you know, kind of gear that he has. And uh, again, it it reminds me of George Kittle and and, um, it, it feels like he's, the best and I know I don't mean to put this on Jake Ferguson obviously but it feels like he has the best qualities of of George Kittle and and Travis Kelsey like it feels like he's a hybrid of the two and obviously Travis Kelsey spoke very highly of him in the offseason we all remember that Uh, I just saw you Eric say I see a little Kelsey in Ferguson he's again he's got the kind of physical vertical you know prowess of Travis Kelsey and the kind of route running ability but he's got that just that badass quality that George Kittle has and so it's a great great package in an overall sense um and he's he's a lot of fun to watch and I think that's why we all really really enjoy him um so great job Cowboys great job Dick Ferguson Uh, I have two more stock ups left one of them is Brandon Cooks because Brandon Cooks is such a breath of fresh air I mean we all went through the tail end of last season. I mean, just wanting and wishing and begging for Odell Beckham Jr. and begging for T.Y. Hilton. Um, And and finally, you know, having or hoping to have somebody opposite of C.D. Lamb who could be a proper, you know, Robin to his Batman. And that is what Brandon Cooks is. I mean, he is able to be that guy. He's not just a Robin. He's able to pick up the pace and have his own moments and have his own shine. And that is a really... Valuable, it's it's more valuable than we can even contextualize. It is a really valuable quality. His speed is such an asset, it is such a weapon, even in a disguising sort of way. Uh, his what what the Cowboys have done with Brandon Cooks involving him in their offense. What a what a big surprise, by the way, that involving Brandon Cooks in your offense was kind of a good thing, kind of a good idea that that, that would help. I mean, who who would have ever thought that? Uh, but awesome to see that happen um now in our current moment. So final stock up for me and I think you'll all agree with this. When I when we wrote this down, I kind of thought I might get a little bit of pushback from the chat on this, but nevertheless, I forge on. Uh, it's a defensive player. And I know that right now we're all like the defense sucks. Uh, it's not Micah Parsons. Uh, it is somebody from his draft class, though. And it is Wingardium Levi Osa Odigizua. Osa might be the most underrated player on the Cowboys right now. By the way, L2K War Hades, thank you for the super chat and says, boys normally lose that game. Now, I'm a believer. Well said. Uh, A lot of you saying Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus had the great stop at the end and deserves a lot of credit, but Osa is just a force. Like, Osa is a monster. I mean, he has become so vital and so important to the run defense and the pass rush. Like, he can do it all, and For a team and a fan base that has tried so hard to fall in love with different defensive tackles, Osa's just kind of hiding right under our nose. I mean, like, he has been a breath of fresh air. I agree with Watsamata. Says, Double O needs to be a Pro Bowler this year. Ryan says, 97 is playing lights out this season. Um, Let's see here. What was the comment? Uh, Rick says, yeah, RJ is amazing. Uh, Loka says, Osa playing all Oso. Uh, Oso means bear in Spanish, for those of you that do not know. Uh, let's see here. Adam says, Micah makes everyone look better, but Osa does it by himself, too. That is very, very, very well said. Um, man, he is... Um, I love this comment from Matsumata. From says, uh, I have no idea on Osa's stats, but he is the consummate three-tech. Your Army says, Odigizua is fun to say, too. That's, that's well said, uh, but I like the Osa thing. I like the Wingardium Liviosa. Uh, obviously, you know, chat's Harry Potter. Uh, he has been... He's a monster. I mean, you got to have that guy in, in the trenches and especially in a game where you're not getting a lot, you know, done on that side of the ball. Um, Osa, which is a fun name to say, uh, was phenomenal. That's my stock report. You can read it at blog as well. I'll flesh out some thoughts. And I do a little Instagram post as well on this as well. I'm really trying hard to beef up my Instagram game this season. So I appreciate those of you who have come along for the journey. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RG Ochoa in place to try to be active on both. Um, all told, I mean, look, um, the Cowboys have won more games in since 2021 in the regular season. They haven't won the Super Bowl. They've won more regular season games than anybody except for the Chiefs and Eagles. That's it. Like, I don't know if you know that, but since 2021, all right, so two years, almost three full seasons, um, they have won more regular season games than anybody, but two teams, again, they have not won the Super Bowl. They have not reached the NFC Championship. This is a team with a head coach, a quarterback, a star pass rusher, a star defensive play caller as well. Obviously, I love you, Dan Quinn, that has done it. I mean, that, that has become an NFL elite. That's who they are. They are one win away from, t- from double-digit wins. Again, three, three years in a row. They, they haven't won double-digit games three years in a row since the 90s dynasty that we reference all the time. And do we hang a banner for that? No, but I mean, they they are reliable. And I say that obviously an hour after the game ended where they were very, very frustrating, but they are reliably in the mix. They're consistently in the mix. And they showed us that they are able to get their hands dirty and go to work and fight and claw and pull one out against a team who might have wanted it a little bit more for most of the game. But when the going got tough and the moment had to be won, The Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys were able to be the last team standing. And that is very cool. Um, They are one game into this five-game stretch that is very difficult for them. I talked about it this week in a Bleacher Report stream in the Bleacher Report app. By the way, I'll be in the BR app at 9 a.m. Central tomorrow on Friday if you want to catch that. Just download the BR app and you'll see me there. Um, They deserve a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of credit. And I'm very, very excited. And I agree with Watsamata. For one three-hour period, we are all Niners. Kenneth says, uh, I got a great uh, feeling moving forward. That's well said. Kevin says, I'm trying to get to your uh, comment, Kevin. My, uh, Michigan says, if we run the table, RJ, do you think we win the division and home field advantage? I mean, I it, logic would suggest that the Eagles are, are finally going to lose some of these. Um, but until it happens, it's hard to believe. But Let's do it anyway. Let's let's do it anyway and see. Kevin says, uh, night, night, guys. uh, I got to uh, get up early. Great show, RJ. I love you all so much. Um, I love talking about the Cowboys with you. Um, We will have uh, something for you on our channel tomorrow on Friday as well at some point. And obviously the weekend has no Cowboys football. Uh, We'll have podcasts coming out throughout the podcast network as well. And we'll, of course, be back next week for a normal week with the Cowboys playing on Sunday. The Cowboys will host the Philadelphia Eagles next week on Sunday night football if you like what i do you want to follow me like i said on twitter instagram or threads at RG Ochoa. I'm on tiktok rj.ochoa if you want to send me an email you can do so rj.ochoa at sbnation.com what a night what a night i'm gonna go get some tea i love you all thanks so much for hanging out and uh we'll see you next time oh and Victory Polo Monday. How can I forget? Victory Polo Monday on Friday, tomorrow, second week in a row. So take a picture, take a selfie, tag me, let me know at our GeoChoa. Victory Polo Monday. Now I'm out for real. Love y'all.